right. Hello, all you creatures of the night, and welcome back to the It Records podcast. This is the first mini-episodes of many that we'll be doing in the future. Um, and just sort of to break that down, um, Pete, can you give the viewer just sort of what our mini-episodes will be uh, in the coming future? Well, I would say most mini-episodes that, you know, we kind of change it up from time to time, but today we're going to be talking about subgenres of horror and like what that means and what our favorites are between the two of us and me and Matt have prepared something to talk about with all your listeners out there. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they'll enjoy it. And, that, and we'll switch it up from week to week, but this week, subgenres, subgenres of horror. Um, and what really that even means, I guess. Um, and I'll sort of explain it. Um, we all know what a genre is technically. and With horror, you get the fairly um, dramatic scenes of ideological conflict, uh, you have the monster and the threat of the individual characters. Um, they're not only moral, but metaphysical. The horror story turns fear, which is personal or social, into a specific type of monster, and then seeks to contain and destroy it. And that last part, the specific type of monster, I think that's what defines a horror subgenre. If you'll uh, agree, Pete, sort of it takes those basic fears and then it narrows it down to a specific sort of, I guess, monster, for lack of a better word. That's what we'll be focusing on. Yeah, I would. Uh, that's a really good way of putting it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and to get the viewer maybe some more context, here are some subgenres that I've thought of, and my fellow podcaster Peter has thought of. Is you got? I think Pete, correct me if I'm wrong. The gore and the disturbing, the psychological, the killer the monster, the paranormal, and those are just like overarching, and below that you'll get the slasher is a killer subgenre of the horror film, the zombie, uh, the vampire, torture, if you will, um, the haunted house, ghost spirits. Do you have any more, any other ones you could think of maybe that the viewer can grasp? Um, I, the only one I could really think of is like, uh, like with animals. Oh, you know, yeah. There's like Jaws or something. Jaws, yeah. Um, yeah. Or Lake Placid. Birds. That too. Oh, Grizzly. We just talked about Grizzly. Yeah, that too. Grizzly's in there. Yeah. Um, some other examples. The Slashers. You know the Slashers are ha- Halloween. Your Ghosts and Spirits. Poltergeist, if you will. Um, and then... We could debate sci-fi horror if if we want to get to that later, um, what that constitutes and if it's horror. But those are just a basic understanding of what the subgenre is. Um, please tweet at us. We'll get a tweet a tweet a tweeter up a Twitter up or a Facebook um, of your favorite subgenre if you can think of something we haven't listed. We have several here, but I think this is a good enough time, Pete, to to break into really of those. What is ours, and what do we see as the the dominant subgenre? I'll let you take the floor, Pete. Ooh, put me in the spotlight. I'll let you go first, and then I'll just sort of banter off what you have. <laughs> <laughs> well, one that I think is the most popular, and the one that I'm choosing as my favorite, because it kind of got me into the horror genre itself, mm-hmm. is the slasher film. Um I think my first, I want to say my first horror film that I really, what really got me into the genre was Nightmare on Elm Street. And that's a, one of the quintessential slashers out there. And 
you know, when everyone talks about horror movies, I would say the most of the like the majority of the broad public are going to be talking about slashers. Mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. That's I feel like that's the most identifiable um, horror subgenre that people can relate to. I feel like maybe even that's with that or uh, the paranormal. I feel like now is mainly the mo- more prevalent subgenre of horror that come out. Yeah, that's a. Uh, and there's a lot of like uh, underground psychological horror coming out. I think. Yeah. And Pete, just to go back on, you said Slasher, it kind of got you into it. Nightmare on Elm Street, which I'll agree, great horror film there. Um, Johnny Depp's first film, little trivia for everybody there, if you're a fan of the JD. Uh, but what really, um, if you could break down the Slasher film, what really excites you about it? Or what, what do you find in most of them that keeps you going back? Um, I think, honestly, it's the killer you know, the killer is always the main focus of, I would say, probably about 90% of them. And they're usually pretty interesting or fleshed out um, better than any other character in the movie. And they're pretty scary or memorable, at least. Yeah, I think so. I think of many horror films, the most iconic ones people relate to, again, I said the slasher genre, but most iconic horror figures are in slasher movies from Michael to Freddy, Jason. Those are the big ones. Um, but over time, do you think the slasher film has changed from when it, it's beginnings to now, maybe um, altering to audiences or how the killer is presented just so that it's kept pace with time. You, you think it's the most prominent subgenre? Yeah. With that being said, I kind of want it, to kind of stop as in I think it's overstayed it's welcome even though I am choosing it as my favorite because it is very enjoyable but at this time it just feels not fresh anymore because it's been coming out since late 70s yeah and you know it it just feels like that everything's been done a million times yeah you don't know that's my that's my little complaint about it is that I want, I want, I feel like if you're going to do a slasher, you can't be really original when you're making a movie. Okay. Um, going off that, um, two points. Um, you can't be really original anymore. You're saying, um, do you think it sort of hit a, a plateau? Cause I mean, Scream wasn't that long ago. Do you think that was fresh? Or even, I don't know if you want to categorize Cabin in the Woods as slasher or just sort of like a genre-bending horror film. Do you think those, how would you, I guess, talk about those? Well, both those are obviously great movies in my opinion. And I think Cabin in the Woods is, it's kind of multiple genres. It kind of feels like a part oh, of slasher, but... It's like a good melting pot of a lot of ge- different genres. Yeah. I was thinking that as I was saying, it's more of a genre-bending one that touches on a lot of different types of films. Um, but then the second point I was going to make with that is, how do you feel about a lot of the famous slashers, the classic ones, the Halloweens, Friday the 13th, uh, Nightmare on Elm Streets, even uh, My Bloody Valentine, um, being remade, basically, 
for a new audience. Do you think, do you enjoy the remakes? Do you think any of them stand up to the originals or those should just get the hell out? Um, I definitely enjoy remakes. I actually like a, a good remake every now and again. And you know, What's a good remake? I, I def- you like, can continue your like, point. But. Um, example of a good remake? I think the Friday yeah. the 13th remake is pretty solid. Okay. They've just done one, right? They didn't do two? Or are they going to do part no, two? No, they, they only did that one. And okay. uh, I enjoyed the Blob remake from the 80s. Um, oh, yeah. That's a good point. Let's see. The Thing, I guess, is technically a remake as well. John Carpenter's The Thing is a remake. Yeah, that's true. Okay. And, so there, and the there, remake to that movie is passable. <laughs> <laughs> You'd recommend it? It if you like. I mean, I would say the average moviegoer, average movie horrorgoer, would enjoy it. And to me, that movie is pretty much the same thing as is just trying to be like John Carpenter. It's just not as well executed, but it did it. It did a fine job. Okay, I'd agree. I'd agree with that. What is, and you might have answered this. Uh, I'm just trying to debunk your your slasher favorite subgenre here. Um, but you said Friday the Thirteenth, no Nightmare on Elm Street got you into the genre. Is that your favorite one? What's your favorite slasher subgenre horror film? I mean, that's a tough one because you know, gotta gotta pick one. There's <laughs> there's some really great choices. In this genre, because, like you said, you Scream's great, Nightmare on Elm Street's great. Um, probably a third of the Friday the Thirteenth are pretty great. <laughs> <laughs> a third of them. What about uh, um, Jason Takes Manhattan? Is that your or Jason? I've X? actually never seen. I've never seen that one. I haven't seen Takes Manhattan or Jason Goes to Hell. Those are the two Jason movies I have not seen. I have seen every other one though. Oh, that's impressive. I haven't seen that many. I've seen seen quite a few, though. I was afraid you were going to say Puppet Master. Part part 4 of Friday the 13th is pretty great. The final chapter. Wait, part 4 is the final chapter? Yes, and there was many chapters after that. Yeah, I think (laughs) I knew that. And 3 was 3D, right? Yes, it's it's pretty terrible, but also pretty great. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, do you have any further information, tidbits to add on your slasher subgenre? Uh, I mean, I, or I, I can would, just... I, w- I would suggest in, um, I would check out the original Whoa. Black Christmas if you have not... If, oh. For people who uh, have not heard of that one, it uh, deeply influenced the movie Halloween, and yeah. it was directed by the guy who did The Christmas Story... Yeah, which is crazy. <laughs> so that's pretty funny. He did Parkies as well. <laughs> he did uh, another horror movie called Death Dream, which is a pretty good, pretty good horror movie right there. Okay. Yeah, definitely Black Christmas, the original. I haven't seen that in forever. That's a that's a good recommendation, Pete. I might yeah, just, I I might just it, take uh, you up on that one. I watched it last Halloween. I was just like, I gotta watch it. <laughs> yeah. 
that's a a good Christmas horror film up there with uh, Santa's sleigh, if you will. S L A Y. Okay. Or Jack Frost. Anyway. <laughs> Just name dropping all the horror movies we could think of. Uh, Halloween. Uh, Despa. <laughs> Piranha 3D. <laughs> Night of the Comet. <laughs> uh, pump Trick or Treat. Have you seen that Which one? one? Which one? Oh, touche. Uh, you know. The one with Ozzy Osbourne or the one from the late 2000s? No. No, wait. I think I'm thinking late 2000s. Yeah, that one's no, pretty Not Ozzy. Yeah, not Ozzy. <laughs> Not Ozzy or Gene Simmons that are in no. uh, Trick or Treat from 1986, I think it is. No, not that one. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely not. Um, okay. So I guess, what's, uh, wh- what's your choice? Yeah, I'll, I'll get into it. And this is a tough one because there's so many that it just depends on the timing, what what I'm into. But more often than not, I find myself retreating to Vampire. The vampire subgenre, um, sort of that gothic horror element, which would, which would be Frankenstein stuff as well, mainly that Victorian esque gothic horror. But I revert always back to the vampire, and it's just the allure of it and how it's, um, it, it's human esque, but it's not. It has that immortal quality to it, um, the it, the aristocrat, and and just really how it's evolved over time because. It was Dracula as the aristocrat and how he's preying on the younger, I mean, not the younger, but <laughs> not the younger, but also the middle class and just the social context of it. And that's what's always been my my draw. And I think, I'm trying to think of the first one, I'm a fan of Interview with the Vampire, which isn't really horror as much, but Dracula is one I always frequent. Um when Halloween even comes around. I watch that one all the time. Uh, yeah, the, Lost, Lost Boys. I'm, the Belly the Ghosty one? Is that the one yeah. you're talking about? Yeah, not the Gary Oldman one. Or... How about Christopher Lee? No, not... I mean, Christopher Lee is fine, but I'm I'm a Bela Lugosi type guy. If I... <laughs> what about the Bram Stoker's Dracula? The book? Well, there's a movie, too. <laughs> oh. Well... Wait, isn't isn't that not the original uh, Billy Lagosa one? Lagosi. Well, that one's just called Dracula. Bram oh. Dracula came out in the nineties, and I believe no, that's that's Gary Oldman. Is that Gary Oldman with like the white hair, like the white poofy hair? I always confuse yeah. him. Okay, I think I'm thinking of uh, William Defoe and the other one. Um, oh. There's that one too. I can't think of it right now. I yeah. think it's uh, it's like Nosferatu, but like we made in like the nineties or something. That's uh, Malkovich. John Malkovich is that Nosferatu. <laughs> yeah, but I think William Defoe is the vampire. Oh, was he? I believe so. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. No, Gary Oldman was that Dracula, which that was actually a pretty good one. But not my, not my favorite. Per se. I really, uh, I'm gonna fly out and say I dislike that one a lot. <laughs> Didn't like that one. Are you a fan yeah. of 
of the subgenre of vampires at all. I like Lost Boys a lot, and uh, Lost... Near Dark is pretty good. From Dust Till Dawn. That's another good one. John Carpenter's Vampires. Never seen it. I I would recommend it just because it's Carpenter and Vampires. Right, it's not that good. It, it's passable. It's a passable <laughs> vampire film. Fright Night, obviously. Obviously, we already did. did. We did it. Uh, that one's just funny to me. Uh, but I think if I had to make a suggestion, it's not... With me, it, it's hard what vampire constitute is uh as horror if because you can have a vampire movie without being technically horror i guess but it's up in the air depends on the context i would recommend the vampire film only lovers left alive have you heard of that one in old pete by jim only through uh you told me about it at one point i can't remember when yeah i would um, it might have been during our discussion before we did Fright Night, but I recommend it. It's Tom Hiddleston, uh, Tilda Swinton. If you know them, that's Loki from Avengers or Thor. And it's a Jim Jarmusch film. Uh, we did like Dead Man. Um, and it's really good. I think it's it's a really interesting... It came out in like 2014 on vampires. And in a vampire way, we, we haven't necessarily seen in a while or ever. It was just very... A very slow, uh, very well done, I thought, film in general. And it's a good vampire film if you're into that subgenre. Hmm. Have you ever seen the Spanish version of Dracula from the 30s? No, I have not. They shot you... it at the same time. Oh, excuse me. Sorry, I got a little cold no. there. <laughs> <laughs> um, so they shot... Dracula in English and in Spanish. And for Spanish speakers, they shot it at nighttime. So the atmosphere was a little better for it. Sure. And they uh, they were able to look at the shots that they did for the English-speaking one. So they just they thought about how, how can we make this better. So those people that like both films that would say that they like the Spanish one better because it just, there's a little more oomph to it. They like were able to improve on the shots with the one with mm. Bela Lugosi. That's, that's interesting, Pete. You know, you learn something every day when you listen to the podcast, you know? I did not know that. I try. It's, uh... It's... <laughs> <laughs> I put my blood, sweat, and tears into this podcast. Um, but in that same vein, um, the Spanish Dracula, I'm sure they bought the rights, and we've mentioned Nosferatu. And you know this backstory, I'm sure, that... Um, Bram Stoker's widow at the time because he passed away before the filming of the of Dracula, which came out in the 30s, but Nosferatu came out several years before that. It was a silent film. And they didn't buy the rights. They couldn't purchase the rights for film. Um, Bram Stoker's wife wouldn't give the rights away, so he created Nosferatu, F.W. Murnau, I believe who it was. Um, okay. Created a vampire film, which is basically the same movie as Dracula, if you watch them back to back. But he's called Nosferatu. And she ended up suing uh, him for it, for likeness and for copyright infringement, but actually didn't end up winning the case. Nosferatu passes on its own. But if I was on that, if I was the prosecutor, yeah, it's, I'd say you I'd say you took it, you took a lot from Dracula. <laughs> <laughs> I'd say it's basically the same movie. 
But apparently they differentiated enough and had enough popularity that it wasn't associated with Dracula that it it didn't win the case. But yeah, so Nosferatu is Dracula. But they both have their cultural merit. Yeah, I could see that. Mm -hmm. So, I think with that being said, we'll try to wrap it up because we want these to be mini-episodes, as we've said, um, just to give you a brief breakdown of something that you might not see in a regular episode and give you a little more in-depth look at the horror genre. Um, this week we did subgenres. Uh, we'll get back to you on what next week will be. You know what? Just just wait it out. Just wait out to the next mini episode. We'll get it to you, and it'll be a, it'll be a nice little treat, a little surprise for you. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll... do we want to tell them what uh, what movie we're doing next? Our next movie review, I guess. I mean, not really a review, but I guess in depth look at. Yeah, the next full episode. What movie we're doing? Yeah, uh, yeah, we can do that. B. Shoot it away. is. The Exorcist, William Friedkin, however you say his name. <laughs> yeah, it works. You get it. Yeah, so that'll be our next one, which will be hopefully next week. We'll get that out, recorded, and uh, you guys can listen in, and then we'll have another mini episode for you. I I think that's a a closer if I ever heard one. <laughs> <laughs> what i do <laughs> all right until next time listeners i'm matt johnson i remain in the shadows and i'm peter hansen <laughs>